are you in or are you out? Hi, everybody. Ben here, and uh, I've got a special podcast for you today. It's Inclusion Week, and in keeping with some of my past stories, I'm actually recording this in an airport. But contrary to what you've heard so far, it's not just going to be me talking to myself. I'm actually having a conversation today with Adriana McDonald, who's our executive intern here in the Canadian region. And we're going to talk about living inclusion and what we think that really means, maybe tackle some of the nuance around it. I hope you enjoy it. Before we get started, I'll introduce the first ever in the history of the podcast guest. Um, Adriana, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. So for those of you that don't know me, Ben alluded to it, I'm the intern this year, but my actual day job is a civil engineer in the conveyance department in uh, Toronto. But definitely the cooler part of my job is working with the Canadian leadership team and being a part of pretty much the most awesome team I think I've ever worked with. So, And I think that's awesome to say kicking off inclusion week because I am by far the youngest on the team and it is a very inclusive environment that I think our leadership team is trying to project. When we talk about inclusion, when I was thinking about the theme for this week, how we are trying to live inclusion, what does that mean? I was thinking about your podcast, Ben, the first one that you did on unconscious bias and how you were in an airport and people were trying to be inclusive and trying to uh, help you and coming at a place of being helpful, but not necessarily what was coming across. And I think you can overdo it. And I experienced that myself. So for if you don't know me, I am biracial. My mom was Indian. She was from Goa. And my dad's a white man. He's Scottish and English and very Canadian. Um, So if you hear me, you might not know that about me, but it is something that's visible. And for you, you have something that's visible. And I think sometimes in this environment that we're trying to create, we overdo it. And so I think we should have a conversation about that too. Yeah, and and I think as we go through that conversation, it'd be valuable to talk a little bit more about some of those things that are also not visible because, you know, as much as people react to the things they can see, um, sometimes whether intentionally or not, we affect people who are dealing with something that isn't visible. I, I commonly say to people that, you know, we're all dealing with something. You know, my wheelchair is just super visible. It's really hard to miss as I come into a room, um, whereas there are folks dealing with other things that are not on the surface. I think we have to be conscious of that as well. And, and our behaviors impact everybody. You know, my experience in the airport that day was a, a bit of a pivot for me, in fact. I, I, for the longest time, I wouldn't talk about those types of things. I tried to just like forge on and help people forget about the wheelchair. And I decided that day that uh, I needed to be willing to share my experiences. Otherwise, how could I expect any of us to continue to get better and to create that environment that we're really striving for? Yeah, I think that's so true. And I think just because you have a visible thing that people can see, myself included, that doesn't mean that I don't have things that I'm dealing with um, that you don't know. And same goes for you. So um, that part of inclusion also is super important to talk about. I because it's all of it's everything. And I think putting a spotlight on things right now is great. And I 
love that we're talking about this, but I would like to get to a place where it's just an ingrained behavior. We were sort of talking about this before, the two of us just saying, it's awesome that we want to make sure that we're talking about this stuff, but we don't want it to be a checklist. It doesn't need to just be a thing that we're checking off the box. Like we want people to start living this way all the time. And it's not just part of inclusion week. Inclusion, it should just always be inclusive. Yeah, I, I'm really proud of the fact that I think we're on a journey. And as a company, we're, I, I would venture to say that we're on the leading edge of this journey in, in the corporate world where I think we're trying to move down a path where that desired end state is that we don't have to think about this. This is how we act. This is the environment we create. This is what it feels like to be a part of Jacobs anywhere in the world, anywhere that you go, any office, any job site, you name it. You know, you feel at home, you feel safe to be your whole self at work and share those things that, you know, have helped shape you because they can only make us better as a whole. Although recognizing that we're we're in the early stage of that journey and we need to be intentional about ensuring that we're challenging ourselves on being inclusive with the goal that, you know, it isn't just an agenda item that you talk about. Similar to the way we talk about, you know, the culture of caring, that's gone way beyond being an agenda item and turned into a way we behave uh, as an individual, as an organization. I, I think that we'll be in an amazing place when we can look back and say, look, look at what we've become and look at what we've created. And it'll be something special that will be really hard to replicate because it's so genuine. Yeah, absolutely. I think I also have to think to myself as well that my lens, the focus that I have and my world is in Toronto and it's very diverse. And inclusion and diversity, we talk about all the time how they're two very separate things. Um, and so when I'm thinking about inclusion and diversity, when I look at the people, my peers, it's very diverse. And so I feel I have to always think to myself, just because it's diverse doesn't mean that it's inclusive. When I look at the leadership team, is it diverse and inclusive? Like there's all these nuance, I guess, back to that nuance piece. There's always these nuance pieces that we need to make sure that we're dealing with and pushing forward all the time. So we can't get them conflicted, you know? Yeah, I think Toronto is one of the most diverse cities in the world, in fact. And our office replicates that. I, I would challenge us that we're not as inclusive as we could be. Um, and again, I think we're on that journey, but I think it starts with leadership and that leadership isn't just, you know, with a title or a role. Everyone in the office is a leader, right? And how you behave when you're interacting with each other, how you behave when you're interacting with the communities and the clients that we work with, you know, that sets the tone for what it's going to feel like to be a part of that culture. So you know, maybe turning this one back to you a little bit, do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, what you see as the outstanding traits in inclusive leadership and inclusive behavior, like the things that you see that you really applaud in people? Um, and maybe some of the things that, like, collectively we can work on? That's a good question. Um, I would say, I would say in, from my perspective, I think the Canadian leadership team does a really good job of acting as inclusive leaders. And I think if I can summarize it, to me, that's the most important thing. And I'm, if you guys have done your insights training at all, I am very red 
And so for me, actions are incredibly important. I always want to, when I talk about something, I always want to tie an action to it to make sure that it's actually going to happen the way we talk and the things that we say. So to me, that is what I want to see is actions. And I think we're doing that because when I, like, when I look at my peers, I see that we're building a base and we're building a network of people that is inclusive and diverse. I don't, I can't pinpoint something that doesn't exist in my universe. And then as you move up the ladder, we're creating that as well. It's never in spite of, it's not because you're a diverse person, you get the job, it's just because you're the best person. And in order to do that, you need a really good group. And I think our leadership team is doing that, which is awesome because I know we can't necessarily say that for everybody. So to me, that would be the most important thing. What about you from a different perspective? Yeah, you know, I think we do some things pretty well. And, and uh, as a team, I think if I reflect on the, the regional leadership team, there are a lot of folks there that have an incredible amount of caring for the people that work in, in this region and, and the commitment that they all have. And I think with that comes a commitment to help give people opportunities and, and create an environment where they can excel and grow into their full selves. I, uh, I don't think we're perfect. I think we've got, everybody's got some work to do um, at helping this become, you know, a second nature type of thing. But, uh, but I am proud of the things that we've done. Now, I think part of what I expect from truly inclusive leaders is that they don't require a reminder to be inclusive. There's something in them that has them look around a room and think about how to um, engage the whole room and how to make a place where people feel comfortable sharing what they're really thinking. You know, if they're making that funny face to you across a meeting room table, sometimes people will, you know, be willing to speak up in that environment. Sometimes they'll just swallow really hard and let it go past. And, you know, over time, I hope that every time we're sitting in a meeting room as a group, whether it's in Canada or anywhere, that people feel really comfortable with saying what they're thinking and contributing and not feel like, you know, they're going to get shunned because it comes from a different lens or background than mine is or yours is. Um, so, you know, things that we need to work on are those types of behaviors just being the norm, not being something that, you know, you need to write down on your book or put on the on the agenda to discuss inclusion, um, but being really things that you don't even think about. It's just how we behave, and it doesn't have to be the person who's in the biggest role in the room, but anyone in the room is able to challenge the team on something and bring those things up and, and yeah. create that space. So, yeah. so I don't know if I really answered the question, but the, those kind of things are pretty important to me. If you take it in the microcosm of a meeting room, you could take that you know, out to a town hall where, you know, I, I know that if Steve was giving a town hall in Toronto, he'd be perfectly comfortable with anyone in that room bringing up any topic they felt comfortable with. The question is, can we create the environment where those people feel comfortable enough to share what they're really thinking? And, and that's yeah. going to be something I think we're always working for. Yeah. I, yeah. That's what I was sort of thinking. I don't think that's ever going to be perfect. You're always going to have to do with personalities and the ability to speak up. It, the difference between an introvert and an extrovert. Like that, those types of things we'll always be battling with. But I think it's more just creating the environment that the things that make a room inclusive, the things that you're going to leave at the door 
that don't matter to being able to contribute to a conversation. Not that you feel less comfortable talking publicly. Like mm-hmm. you, you don't feel comfortable speaking up in a room of 240 people. Right. You feel comfortable talking in a room of five, but that's not because of something that makes you feel excluded right. from the group. Right. Now, you and I see things through a different lens. We've had some different life experiences. You know, in any one of these types of conversations, whether it is health and safety, it's project delivery, it's inclusion or diversity or engagement, um, there are always triggers in the environment that are like shutdowns. Like, you know, this statement happens and you can just feel the air leave the room. Um, What are some of those like traps that we should avoid that you think we should avoid, you know, with your experience and your exposure to some of the things that are working, but maybe some of the things that aren't, you know, we have some client behaviors maybe that don't align with ours. And, you know, it'll be interesting to hear from you a little bit of, are there some of those traps? And then have you seen some things that have worked to overcome those, even in an environment that isn't all in our control? So I'm thinking about experiences, I guess, that I've had. Um, to sort of answer your question, maybe not call out specifically a trap. Um, but one experience that I've had that really comes to my mind is when I was first starting in the consulting business, when you look at me, I have a very young face. I've looked, I swear I look the same since I was 13. I have not aged, which is lovely for when I get older. Um, but when I walk into a room, people really do see this young woman who's obviously starting out and maybe doesn't have any experience behind her to answer questions or to contribute to a meeting. So walk into a client space, a really big client, the biggest client that I've worked with in my very short career, and we sit down at a table and my seat was off from where the table was because it was packed. It was jam-packed. We were kicking off the project. Like A lot of important people were in the room and mine was off to the side. And so the person at the time, our project manager, sat down and said, Adriana, this is your spot that you sit in. That is probably one of the most deflating things to me because I'm not here learning, I'm not here to contribute, I'm just the baby-faced person in the room that's here to take meeting minutes and be an assistant type role, not your engineering training that's learning in this meeting, and that's why, and contributing, coming to the, coming to the table. So I think if there's, from my perspective right now, if there's anything that we could change is ageism a little bit, but I think it doesn't, it doesn't really get talked about that much in inclusion. We don't really think about it because it's part of life. You get older, you get more experience, and obviously you get more respect as you get older. But just because I'm younger doesn't mean I have something or I don't have something to contribute to a room full of very important experienced people as well. That's a good example I can relate to. I. The gray beard probably throws people off, but early in my career, I was referred to as a young whippersnapper in a meeting once, and so I can definitely relate. Now, you probably undersold yourself in the introduction a little bit. So you're you're a project manager now, working with that same big client. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have that environment, so you now have the ability to demonstrate some of these behaviors that you know you were hoping for from some of the people that you had a chance to work with. Yep. Um, maybe now's a good time for us to talk a little bit about, you know, things you're focusing on for yourself as you work on continuing to grow and be more inclusive and mm-hmm. be more aware. Um, and, you know, maybe we share those 
with each other, and then we can hold each other accountable for, for doing that. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll start. Um, so like you said, I've now gone to a point where I found my voice. And I when I sit at a table, I'm quick to give my opinion right, like, immediately. <laughs> it takes a lot for me to hold back and hold on to my opinions, um, which is great in a way because it's gotten to me, gotten me to the part in my career where clients are respecting me and they see that, oh, yes, you do have an opinion, you know what you're talking about, which is awesome. Um, so one thing we were talking about before we started sharing um, was in a room when you notice somebody who clearly has something to say but they're holding it back, do you ask them? Do you turn to them and say, hey, it seems like you have something to say. Do you want to share? Um, without putting them on the spot, but at least inviting them to be part of the conversation because they don't feel invited to a conversation. That's something that I would like to work on and to make sure that I do going forward that I know I don't do enough of because I get caught in wanting to speak up and wanting to be heard and bringing all of my past experience to the table and just being like, I have something to say and I'm going to contribute. Um, I need to now switch focus a little bit and be like, oh, there's other people who might be feeling what I was feeling five years ago. Yeah, so that's probably my biggest commitment that I want to, you should hold me to. <laughs> <laughs> and I will, I will. I think that's great because, you know, every day we go through things and we might experience things that are like through our own lens and there's always someone who's experiencing something different through their lens. And if we're not learning from the things that sort of like have bothered us over time or made us feel like we were on the outside and not included, then, you know, we're, we're not getting better for each other. I think the other thing and, and feedback both, this is probably for both of us to hold us both um, accountable to is being willing to share those things that we're experiencing with each other so that we can learn at a faster rate than we would just on an individual basis. So as I see things yeah. or experience things, I'll, I'll do my best to share what I've seen and what I'm learning and what I'm going to do differently as a result, both with you and the team, so that we can all learn at a quicker pace. And, and I feel like if we're all willing to do that and talk about things more openly, then we'll be able to avert the young whippersnapper or the mm -hmm. ghost sits in the back of the meeting room conversation because it won't even, it'll be something we're far more conscious of in the early days and then something we just deal with on a subconscious level later, right? Yeah, And I, I think on a personal note, you know, my, part of my commitment is to continue to try and whether it's through the team that I directly engage with or multiple layers removed, continue to try and create more awareness amongst the team and challenge ourselves to continue to be better and really provide opportunity to folks that, you know, are maybe, um, maybe they're not as, as vocal and they don't stand out in a room, but they have a lot to offer, um, both for them to contribute in a team setting, but also opportunities for them to continue to grow in their careers and, you know, they're hopefully those will be the folks that jump out and surprise us and uh, you know, continue to create a ton of value for the company and the industry and the, the world yeah. for years to come, right? You bet. So what do you think, Adriana? Is that, uh, is that a good place for us to wrap up and I go think so. get me on a plane? Yeah, it's time for you to take off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I hope everybody's enjoyed the conversation. I hope you take something away that sort of challenged a little bit of your thinking and the way you approach things. 
because, you know, we are on that journey. And if we're going to get better, we're in this together and we need to keep challenging ourselves to get better and better every day and make that place that we'll all be really proud of our kids, our grandkids, our friends, our family being a part of in the future because we really shape the world that we operate in both inside the company and out. So have a great day. Take care of yourselves and each other. See you soon.